0: you've selected a show from the podcast jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Let's go to the island I would like to see the polar bears There was a crash and there are others and there are numbers and it all means something supposedly, but even though there are times we
1: We had to go back. Did we? Welcome back to No Love Lost, the podcast where we break down, we rewatch the great series that was Lost.
0: Uh, I feel like that wording is debatable. It certainly was something.
1: Whereas I'm Will Link, who unconditionally loves Lost.
0: And I'm Megan Salinas, and I got out of an abusive relationship with it.
1: So we are uh breaking down today season one, episode five, White Rabbit. But we're still I I assume we're still in the sweet spot of of episodes you like, the stuff you're into. Indeed.
0: Uh most of season one, uh you're not gonna necessarily hear me be super negative about season one. Oddly enough, I think as like a sort of broad stroke and and we were talking in some previous episodes about how you dislike Jack as a protagonist. Yes. I feel like this episode perfectly encapsulates everything that's both likable and unlikable about Jack as our main character.
1: Yes, it's funny watching this, there are things about Jack's character that when I watched this, Oh, over a decade ago, didn't bother me at all. But now watching it, I'm like, oh, that's teeing up
0: mm-hmm. some of the, you
1: know, he's got this, he's got this hero complex.
0: Yeah, this weird savior complex because his his name is Jack Shepard. And that's what, na- that's how names work in television shows. <laughs> he's a shepherd.
1: The most... I, I Look, I love the show, but the most on-the-nose name maybe in the history of television is Christian Shepard, <laughs> Jack's father.
0: <laughs> Who's not very loving or good.
1: <laughs> um, You know what? Let's start, actually, because I think we can, and I almost want to get it out of the way. I want to okay. talk about these flashbacks. Okay. Because the first flashback we see of Jack it's Lil' Jack.
0: It, it goes back further than any other flashback we've seen so far. It straight up flashes back to a character's childhood. Yeah. And I feel like, in hindsight, that should have been a red flag.
1: <laughs> I mean, that that happens a few other times for other characters. I think we see, like, Lil' Kate at one point. I know we see Lil' Sawyer.
0: Just real quick. Uh, just And this is just a thought that just struck me um, just now was this kid who who was cast to play young jack is he actually do they bring him back in the final season uh to play the part of jack's son or was that a completely different actor
1: well i'd have to look that up but i I believe it's a a different i assume
0: it's a different actor because of the age difference um but i don't know i don't know how young this kid is supposed to be i don't know how young this kid is and how young the kid was in um in the, in the final season uh, when we get those flash sideways. We should probably mention at the top of every episode that we plan on spoiling the whole gosh darn show. If you're just now starting with this episode, we spoil everything.
1: Yeah, and by the way, um, there are, uh, we have spoiled, there are flash sideways in the final season. What does that mean? Well, that's for you to find out. Keep watching Lost. Oh, this fucking show. Um, <laughs> but we see he's getting his ass kicked. they Beaten little Jack, and they're like, Stay down. We're gonna kick this other kid's ass instead.
0: <laughs> but, You're a little bit higher on the pecking order for some reason. Just get out of here. We're not bullying you until next Thursday. Wait your turn, Jack.
1: But Jack, having to save this other kid, stands up and's like, I'm gonna fight. Bad move, gets his ass kicked.
0: Which. Did we ever establish whether or not that did anything to help the other kid? Because I feel like it didn't. <laughs> no. Good try, Jack. Good try. At least you tried to do the right thing.
1: Um, Did I say the name of this episode when we started? Did White I say White Rabbit? Rabbit?
0: I know we were talking about it before we started recording. I don't know. Because,
1: you know, the other thing about uh, um, this is one of many episodes that takes on an Alice in Wonderland theme. And it's very interesting because as the series goes on, the story of Alice in Wonderland is something that Jack will read to Aaron later when uh, Aaron is born, who is Claire's child.
0: Are we through the Looking Glass here, Will?
1: There is a through the Looking Glass epi- episode. There's a that uh, we find a a Dharma station that is the Looking Glass station.
0: Oh my gosh! I didn't realize. Yeah, in hindsight, yeah, there are a lot of Alice in Wonderland references. This is the
1: first of many Alice in Wonderland references. What
0: does that amount to?
1: Well, it amounts to... Is the
0: island Wonderland?
1: Well, I mean, in a way. You yeah. know, it's this kind of otherworldly place, and they've gone on this this adventure.
0: Boo. Sorry. So,
1: <laughs> Little Jack gets Sorry, his- it's
0: a metaphor that doesn't go anywhere, as far as I can tell.
1: You're saying it's just, like, clever for the sake of being clever? Yeah,
0: look at at these literary references I'm making. Wink! Does it matter in the long run? No, maybe it did at one point, but so did the polar bear.
1: (laughs) You don't think there's, like, through a looking glass thing that this show... I don't know. Maybe
0: I will be I will be proven wrong. But when we get to the point of literal white rabbits who also travel through time, I am very much willing to goddamn throw every bit of respect for this show that I had out the window. (laughs) So.
1: Jack's. uh
0: so he, he the do we want to talk about the the flashbacks in their entirety? Yeah, let's
1: talk about the flashbacks. Cuz
0: like he he then gets reprimanded by his father by for his getting friend. for getting into a fight.
1: And his father basically says, "Don't be a hero because you can't handle failing." And he tells this horrific story about how, "Yeah, you know, I went in there and I operated on this guy." and he died and basically i don't give a shit i can handle it you can't handle failure like he, that
0: it was it, and yeah it was it was this very self congratulatory awful little monologue um, where, again, if there are like any actors out there who would want to like use that and run with it as their like audition monologue, I say kudos because it's a good monologue, but it's a despicable, like you very much get the idea that this is a despicable person. Um, And yeah, it it basically it's so disgusting, too, because he's pouring himself a drink as he's lording over Jack,
1: and it's it's, it's this, the first glimpse we get that Jack comes from an an alcoholic family.
0: Yeah, um, and it, it's just so arrogant and narcissistic to be like, it's, "Yeah, this kid died on my operating table." What up? I'm still amazing. Glug, 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 glug. I can
1: wash my hands of it and come home and watch Carol Burnett.
0: And have absolutely no adverse side effects or have it affect me emotionally in any way. Also, glug, glug, glug.
1: Now, but it does kind of affect your father a bit of a way. Because it's probably also one of the reasons why he drinks so much.
0: Oh, it is absolutely the reason he drinks, but... It's so fascinating to watch a character lie to themselves about it. Like, I'm strong enough to handle it, glug.
1: Yeah. And it affects him in a way that he ends up leaving the family. Now, if I remember correctly, one of the reasons why he goes on this Australian bender, and we see a scene with Jack and his mom, and she says, you have to go find him because of what you did. And if I remember correctly jack outs his father for being drunk in the operating room
0: i believe that's the case i don't remember i believe he did it publicly in front of like the board or something like that it was in
1: it was it was in a hearing Um, about somebody who died
0: but we don't know we don't know that at this point we just know jack did something and so his mom blames him for his dad going off on this crazy australian bender and again, we like the, a question. I guess a viewer should be asking themselves is why Australia, which is I think picks up another plot thread for another character, um, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. Yep.
1: Because he does have a daughter in Australia.
0: Who would have thought? What
1: Australian character is on the island? Hmm. Yeah,
0: the the one with the Australian accent, huh? Uh, huh. that's a
1: good tell. Huh,
0: maybe, that's maybe it could be anybody though.
1: But we don't know any of this. No,
0: yet. we don't. I will. I will give the series some credit. Like that was all good planting. Like plant. There are certain things Lost does where it's very, very effective at planting and payoff, and those particular story elements. Um, Jack being the one who disgraced his father, Um, you know, his dad being in Australia for an unknown reason. Uh, Also, you know, a link to an Australian character that happens to be on the island. Those are all really good setup stuff with really good payoffs as time goes on. It's just other stuff that is clearly planted and doesn't get a satisfying payoff that makes the show so infuriating it's the good payoffs that are that make the ones that don't work all the more upsetting and this is all good stuff
1: so jack can uh, i
0: can i point out real quick um there there are two things before we really start to delve into the rest of the episode I wanted to get your opinion in on the, um, the timing of the flashback where Jack goes and talks to his father because we see his father's face very plainly. Do you think it would have been better to wait and hold on to that flashback until Jack ran off into the jungle and the guy turned you're, around and it was his father?
1: You're saying we should have seen that first? first
0: because... It's, no, at I, that point, it's still a mystery of who this person is. I think it would have been better if the man had turned around, Jack falls over, goes, Dad. And we're like, who was that? And he goes, Dad. And then the person and then, disappears. <laughs> and then we cut to commercial and we come back in on the flashback where we see that, yes, this, is, I, this man is his father.
1: I go the other way, actually. I go the way they did because I think it has more of the impact that we see. That it's his father, and we're hit with this impossibility of how can this man's father be on this island and him not know this?
0: See, I'm, I, I, I will be pro the the other way around, but it's it's good to hear that you're like, okay, yeah, no, the way the show presented it was I, the most emotionally. I, yeah, way. I think
1: it's it's I think it's the most shocking way. I think already knowing that and had seen him it shocks us a little bit more i do see the benefits of of going the other way my
0: my problem is is that when we see his face in the flashback it's very like the second jack starts hallucinating we recognize him for who he is for who this character is and so it makes that turnaround less impactful because we as the audience already know it's his father We just don't know why it's so shocking to Jack.
1: Yeah, and then it builds up to what's most shocking. How can this man be here? Because what we discover is that he went on this bender in Australia. And Jack goes to the hotel room. He's tracking him down. Uh, It's He doesn't
0: go to the police. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: not the most uh, developed tracking around. Because these are flashbacks within a show that's also doing this other storyline for multiple characters on this island. But, um... He goes to Australia. He finds that his father has died from a massive heart attack. He goes and identifies the body. But then there's the great scene in this. the flashbacks where he's begging the uh, the Chrissy. woman behind the yeah. counter, Chrissy, about, I need to get this coffin on the plane There is a funeral waiting. Yeah, the second
0: we land in LAX, we're driving to the funeral home.
1: And he says the thing that I think sums up a lot of his relationship with his father, where he's like, I just, I need it to be done. And that's totally the attitude about his father and his family that he had. He's like, I just need to be done with this part of my life.
0: Well, see, this is what I always loved about Jack as a protagonist before he became sort of insufferable. And, and again, like uh,
1: maybe you won't find him as insufferable no, as I do. No, no,
0: and and here's the thing: is that Jack in crisis mode is such an excellent character. When he flips that switch from reluctant white male protagonist, because that seems to be his default setting for a good chunk of the series. Uh, but when that switch gets flipped to crisis mode, like we saw it in the pilot, that one, I think that's when Matthew Fox gives the absolute best performances. Um I, I was watching this yesterday and my my roommates going in and out of the room and she stopped what she was doing when that scene came up and even she was like, That was a brilliant bit of acting. Yeah. That was amazing. And I was like, you know, give JJ Abrams for for their all of the the variation in quality in terms of the actual story, he always works with extremely talented actors and this was an this I think has been one of the most that scene in particular was some of Matthew Fox's finest work. Um, and it was great. So Jack in crisis mode when he flips that switch and he's like, this is what needs to be done. When he is being a hero, I think he's very interesting, and very compelling. It's all of the dragging his feet stuff that really becomes irksome. And, and then also the, the holier than thou stuff.
1: Yeah. That's um, the stuff that always bugs me. That's the stuff that gets and, and really what, upsetting. You know, he has a conversation with Locke that we'll get to. And, and and throughout the series, he has lots of conversations with Locke. And I think those were what infuriating me because Jack was so reluctant to believe what was actually happening right in front of his face. Because he had a holier-than-thou attitude. Because he had this attitude of, uh, I-, I am the doctor. I am the... Uh, I'm the
0: everybody wanted me to be the leader, so that's what I am now, and that makes me better than you. Um, which is funny because it took him so long to actually accept that role, and that's a what a good like chunk of this episode is about is him accepting his role as sort of de facto leader of the group. Which, on the one hand, annoys me a little bit because we know he does down the road develop this holier than thou attitude but the thing that really that i try to keep in mind as i'm watching this episode in particular is that he's been through a lot in the past week it's like he's killed a guy he's earlier (laughs) we'll talk about it but he fails to save joanne (laughs) nameless extra number five um he fails to save her the you know Nobody's come for them. It's yeah. like, yeah, one th- crisis after another. At this
1: point, they've only been on the island six days. So, I get you know, it's funny because... I
0: get him being at his breaking point.
1: There's an inevitability to this guy because we're watching TV. And he's the main character. He's first on the call sheet. There's this inevitability to... Well, he's obviously going to be the leader. That, in reality, yeah, I could see six days on an island being like am i really going to be the leader of these people like hedging that and also hedging the idea of when we're going to be rescued any minute Mm -hmm. and that kind of
0: how long can you go on believing that
1: but that speech he gives to chrissy at the counter at the oceanic airlines is a terrific moment you're right it's a terrific bit of acting from matthew fox and it says a lot about the desperation that this character was feeling right before the events of the series began.
0: It paints a picture. It really does. And I think, again, I would be more accepting of this reluctant hero sort of storyline that they have setting up for Jack leading up to him becoming the leader, I feel like I would be more accepting of that if he didn't go mad with power later. <laughs> not not like Rick mad with power like The Walking Dead where it was a dictatorship <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. But like he does get this holier-than-thou attitude as we, we mentioned before. But also now knowing that Kate was originally going to be the leader, like it's a little bit upsetting and I can't help but wonder if this – Episode also wasn't the writer having to come to terms with this isn't the person I wanted to be the protagonist, but here we are.
1: Because this is, as you said, this is the episode where Jack becomes the leader. And
0: officially, yeah.
1: It starts off again when we get to the quote unquote present day on the island, which eventually <laughs> won't be the present day. Um, He's- we see an example of that savior complex, that hero complex, where somebody is out drowning, and Jack runs to the rescue. Want to throw in a quick moment here of it. continuity, and maybe this plays out differently. Yes,
0: I, I exactly had the same. I know exactly what you're gonna say. Go
1: Charlie.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my heart. Okay, continue.
1: Charlie says to him. I don't swim. How Le- dare you, show?
0: How dare you?
1: Later on in this series, Charlie will uh, swim better than anyone to get to the Looking Glass Station. And Charlie will...
0: Well, not I can't swim. I don't swim. I don't swim. That's true. He goes, I don't swim.
1: Um, uh,
0: but he will swim better
1: than anyone. And is it just that i mean look this could be very easily excused as yeah well also that you know charlie's drug addict charlie's in a bad place charlie's not going to be able to race out there and do any shit about he's not gonna help he knows but the second he said that i'm like Wait a minute. There's going to be an episode where you talk about how great a swimmer you are. And you swim down. You do a swim that you believe only you can do. And it's a like it might be one of the key moments in this entire series. I
0: will say that I I do feel like this moment was kind of foreshadowing for his uh, eventual demise. Um, that like, cause when he said, I don't swim, it hit my heart like a dagger. Um, <laughs> and I was very upset by it. But the, I think what it is, is that the plan was always for Charlie to drown. The scenario changed because, again, the, they set up a lot of stuff in this early season, as, as we were discussing with the, um, with the board game, uh, and everything like that. And, Locke, and we'll get to him later, but um, they set up a lot of stuff that ended up coming into play in the last couple seasons. I feel like this was something that was always planned for Charlie, but the way in which it was executed changed i could very well be wrong on that
1: i'm glad you picked up on the same thing though with char that this moment because the second that i wrote it down like wait charlie doesn't swim because
0: it hurt me will it hurt me just like this entire show hurts me (laughs) and yet i keep coming back
1: i mean that's some rough continuity
0: It is. Uh, Yeah, it it will be really funny when we get to that episode. And he's like, I'm the best swimmer in the world.
1: (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. That episode is, I believe, the penultimate episode of season three. And I can't
0: Way further than that. No,
1: no, no. It's season three. The Looking Glass Station is the end. The season finale is season three.
0: That can't be right.
1: It's 100% right.
0: I feel like you're lying to me. I am not lying to you. (laughs) Felt like it was way later in
1: the nope. series. Charlie, uh did
0: he kick the bucket that early?
1: At the end of season three. Ah,
0: oh, no wonder this show sucks. <laughs> but,
1: um look, I'll be forgiving of a show that wibbly know, wobbly decided to, to a minor line from season one, episode five. They would ignore to make for a one of the great dramatic no moments of the series in it, it season was, three.
0: It was very well done. I uh, think you're wrong on mm,
1: No, maybe I I'm know. Wrong. I know I'm right. I <laughs> okay.
0: 100%. Okay, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah.
1: Because that because then we're
0: going on a journey. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll
1: get there. We'll get there in a year from now. <laughs> so, and
0: then on that on that day, you'll be like, see, Megan, I was right. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I'm gonna say that. Um But Jack. There's someone drown? So Jack goes out there. Hero Jack. He's swimming in the water and he gets a person. And it's Boone, yeah. the lifeguard.
0: Can we talk about how bad at everything Boone is?
1: No one has ever tried so hard and failed so often <laughs> than Boone. And this will also, by the way, be the death of Boone.
0: Yep. I. But- Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say,
1: so Boone's like floundering around and Jack, but Boone's like, did you get her? Did you get the there's a woman even further out? Like you said, Joanne.
0: Joanne. Now here's my thing. Why is it that nobody else bothered? Like, why was Jack the only one? Was this like the bystander effect? There are there are several qualified swimmers. Like Saeed. Uh, I don't know. You Does Kate a, swim? <laughs>
1: you would think a couple of them would have swam out.
0: Yeah, I definitely understand Sawyer not giving a shit. Him not wanting to get his hair wet. Like, I get that. I get Charlie. He's he's a, a druggie. I get Hurley. He's not in the best shape. I, I get a lot of people not jumping out. What I don't understand is why nobody besides Jack and Boone decided to do anything. And when Jack clearly had Boone, nobody swam out to help him so that he could go and get the woman. Um,
1: well, I guess I, I nobody get knew there was another woman out there.
0: But here's the thing is that, yeah, they did because she was the one that was initially screaming. Finding Boone was a stroke of luck.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. Because
0: he wasn't kicking and screaming and yelling. Um, I I will say to both Jack and Boone's credit that actually getting caught in a rip a, a rip tide is actually very scary. Um, I've done it before. I got really? caught in a rip tide before, and you know how they tell you you're supposed to swim to the side instead of towards the shore. Well, I was like, I can make it. No, you you got to you got to do it to the side and I actually a lifeguard did come out to help me and I was very embarrassed by it.
1: <laughs> uh I can't swim.
0: Really? I don't
1: know how to swim. You
0: don't know how to swim? I
1: sink like a stone. What? Yeah.
0: I was on the swim team for like 6 years, dude. How when, do you not know how to swim? When
1: I was a child, I took swimming lessons. Uh-huh
0: teepees they, and arrows man
1: they it's, did not take
0: <laughs> you soaked. couldn't do teepees and arrows
1: nope I drowned no
0: sense of buoyancy you never learned I, how to float on your back
1: put me in a pool I will drown they put me in a shallow end I'll just stand there and be like hey how's it going put me in the deep end I die wow
0: yeah. I did not know that But so you, I you would are not, not the only person I've met who doesn't know how to swim
1: I would not be able to help uh, Boone or Joanne
0: Man, the I will say that Boone, as a lifeguard, should have known better. He should have had adequate training i I really feel like he was not trained in any capacity very well. Like were you really a lifeguard?
1: Well, there's some other boone issues we're gonna get to yeah. later in this episode because
0: even even if he was unable to like if he wasn't strong enough or wasn't in shape enough to go out and get her or, you know, be able to adequately navigate the waves to go and get her. And he exhausted himself. Here's the thing. As a lifeguard, he should also know how to float. And the second Jack pulled him up to the surface, he should have been like, foosh, buoyancy. I am floating. Jack, go get her. I'm good. <laughs>
1: So Jack gets back to shore.
0: Sorry, I, I as a swimmer, I'm like I have a lot of thoughts on this whole sequence. <laughs>
1: well, Jack gets back to shore, and he is, uh, you know, he's very upset because, you know, he's savior complex. He's the the hero complex, and he not only was he not able to save this woman, but he didn't know who she was. And it's like I've we've been here six which, days and so many of us don't know each other still. Which,
0: to his credit, neither did we. Did you care that Joanne died, Will?
1: Uh, I shed a couple tears. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: My um my big problem you could argue that they technically sort of started this trend with the pilot, literally when the the pilot was murdered by the smoke monster. But I have a problem with this scene because it sets a precedent for who lost, chooses to kill.
1: Well, there are, there are 46 people. At one Which, point they said there are 46 people on this. It
0: doesn't bother me so much in this initial episode. Again, because, as you said, they've been on this island for six days, and yeah, a lot of people don't know each other. But the the thing that bothers me about it is that they kind of run with that a little bit. They'll... Like later in season two, um, one I remember the marketing being hyped up about oh someone will die, and it ended up being a person like Joanne who we had literally never seen or met before. And then later on down the line, we'll get introduced to characters who then die that same episode. And it's like, oh, I've been here the whole time. No, you haven't. Shut up. That
1: doesn't happen that much. That doesn't
0: happen. It happens enough for me to notice it, Will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It happens to like Doctor Arts, Arts and stuff like that. I've been
0: here this whole time, and I'm gonna shake this stick of nitroglycerin soaked dynamite as I yell at you, kaboom.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it. Th- it th- this does not happen as much, listeners. If you're rewatching with along with us, this has not happened as it much as Megan says It happens with Joanne.
0: It happens in season two when the others are making their weird power play. Like I said, they kill off that one person whose name I can't even remember because I don't think we even ever see their face. I don't it, know who
1: you're talking about. It
0: happens at the Black Rock. It happens with those two weirdos. <laughs> it although, although they they at least got at least like what, three other episodes where they were there.
1: Those two weird those they get a whole episode
0: yeah here's the thing they stop killing off nameless extras and instead they start introducing people for the sole purpose of dying one character of which was one of my favorites when they were introduced
1: okay but we sorry
0: that's going off on a tangent that's going off a
1: tangent because technically I know we've done all the flashbacks, but technically we're still in the opening scene of the episode.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. And we're thirty minutes I'm in. Sorry. I was so mad.
1: <laughs> but this is this is the moment though where Jack starts to get his white rabbit. He sees a man in a suit, the same one that we were teased when he was talking to Rose the week before during walkabout.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: isn't it interesting that we have a Locke and Jack episode back to back?
1: Yeah, the yeah. two sides of the coin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, around the same time, he's starting to really feel the pressure because they are running low on water.
0: They hadn't been rationing it because they all thought they would be rescued.
1: They would guzzling that, it down.
0: That's fair. That's fair. That
1: is fair. But I feel like... I feel like, like day ap-
0: four, you would have started yeah, to be a little bit more conservative. Yeah, and this is
1: day six. Maybe even day three, I would have been. And maybe even day two, I would have been at this point.
0: Like the second you realize, mm, they should have found us by now. <laughs>
1: um, and everyone's looking at Jack for answers. They're like, "What are we going to do about this wheel running out of water?" And Jack's like, "Leave me alone! I'm going to run into the jungle and hunt down my after, white rabbit, the vision
0: of my father." After getting confronted by Boone who's mad that he saved him Yeah. Fuck you, Boone. We'll, we'll get more to that at the well, at the end of the episode. Well, but well, fuck the, you. The Boone. great
1: thing about this whole race into the jungle and while he's talking to Boone, you really don't know is he going crazy? Is it is it is it mad? Is it island magic because at this point we kind of understand that there is something there is something magical about the island because we know lock can walk. Something supernatural. Yeah. yeah.
0: The fact that there's a monster at all, I think, is is pretty telling that something supernatural and spooky is going on on this island.
1: Um. So Jack just he runs. He follows his father. He is just running through the jungle to the point where he runs Runs off a cliff. Runs right off a cliff.
0: Now. I understand, like, if we are assuming that this isn't a hallucination, that it is, in fact, island magic eventually leading him to water, um, or the ghost of his father leading him to water, I don't know. I, I, I watched this show, and I, even looking back, I'm like, well, what, what was that?
1: Well, what's his father leading him to water?
0: And we was also it the no- ghost? Was it the literal ghost of his father? Was it the island messing with him, or was it literally a dehydration-induced hallucination? And he got lucky because in this show, it could be any or all three of those. Well, if we
1: really want to get into theories about this, and why not? That's what we're doing. I was going to
0: say, was it ever explained?
1: Um, I because I
0: I know I know Christian's ghost keeps popping up, but I feel like it's not his ghost so much as it is. A, projection from the island to manipulate people. Well,
1: that's what I was going to say. But I I think it's, I think Christian's ghost is mostly used for good. A good manipulation. Because we later see the ghost in Jacob's cabin later in the series. I was going to say, I
0: feel like Michael might disagree. (laughs) But, I
1: mean, you know, he was, but the ghost didn't kill him. The ghost, if anything, kind of like gave him like a, a heads up.
0: Hey, you done good, kid. Yeah, boom. <laughs> yeah,
1: basically, like you, like people see. And by the way, at the end of this series, it's Christian's ghost that basically is the one who tells Jack why all this happened to begin with. Which that part we shouldn't delve into, <laughs> because then that's we're going. Down the then we're, that's so okay, down the line. So
0: we are running with the theory that it is actually the ghost of his father.
1: I mean you, I mean go, we we keep saying ghost is shorthand I don't I don't think ghost is an accurate term. Spirit? I think it's a, I think it's a projection that Jacob who kind of controls the island and controls all that is good from the island is putting out there for jack okay, so. I think he's communic I think in this episode he, Jacob who at this point in the series we don't know exists Jacob is using this image, the image of, the of his father to, to
0: bring him to water?
1: Yes, but first he brings it to, to fall off a cliff. <laughs> almost.
0: <laughs> we need to see if he is worthy of be of the coveted title of white well, male know, protagonist. Like
1: Jacob is a god, and God works in mysterious ways.
0: It is kind of funny that in this moment Jacob almost kills Jack, and Locke is the one that ends up saving him.
1: Well, let's get to that. Meanwhile, back Jack is run off into the woods, and everyone's like, "What are we gonna do?" we need water and not only that they really need water now because Claire has fainted as I guess pregnant women who've been in plane crashes are want to do
0: I am really like as as an adult her being pregnant and falling down like collapsing gives me such anxiety you know what it's, like it's, it didn't I, affect me as much as a kid but like as an adult I'm like oh my god no
1: yeah. Everything she does, and, he, and I know the ultimate outcome for yeah. this character, and I'm her baby's still like,
0: fine. I'm still
1: like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, and um, we had a great little moment that I thought, from a pacing standpoint, was really smart, where we saw Claire sorting clothes with Kate and trying to make friends, and she's talking about some astrological nonsense. Um,
0: Claire in this first season is so freaking lovable. She is. Everything so lovable. about her is precious.
1: I, uh, you know she 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 really is.
0: You can see why Charlie falls in love with her hands down.
1: And uh you know cuz she's she's also she's pregnant and she's arguably for that reason more vulnerable than any one of these other people. Yeah,
0: most everybody calls her the pregnant lady still.
1: But she is still working to try to help and make things better.
0: And she's such an optimist too. Like In terms of, like, saying goodbye to the people who didn't make it in the crash. Like, she took it upon herself to kind of spearhead that initiative. And, like, she always has a smile on her face. She's always trying to take things in stride with what looks to be good humor.
1: So Claire collapses. And they're like, let's get her some water. Uh-oh, where's the last of our water?
0: I love that Saeed, when he hears about this, is like, you kept all the water in one place. Idiots. <laughs> yeah. <Said. laughs> Again, case number, uh, example number five of, like, why Saeed would be a better leader. <laughs> um,
1: And we start to wonder who could have took this water. Sawyer's an obvious thing. Because early on, they give us a scene where he is negotiating with, uh, what's he called her, stems?
0: Ste- uh, sticks. Sticks. Because he of calls her legs. Shannon
1: Sticks because of her legs. And he's giving her this book, so what do you want from it? And there's kind of this back and forth where then he finally is like, F5 grand.
0: You look like you're good for it. And she is good for it. <laughs> yep. Um, um so they very much and, and everything up till this point has very much painted him as an opportunist and you know even even though he's had his moments of vulnerability, he's still that criminal. He's still the, the douchebag who is robbing graves and now bartering with people there, for stuff.
1: There is thinking back, there's a lot of good setup in some of these smaller scenes because early on we also see Sun is her lips are chapped, she's clearly thirsty. And Jin is like, I will get you water. Like, we will figure this out. And Sun is also at this point making the case of, hey, we might not get rescued in time. We should make friends with these people. But Jin is still determined to keep them separate and doesn't want to connect. And he has this kind of ominous line of, of uh, like, I'll tell you what to do. Yeah, because like,
0: she's like, when when is someone going to tell us what to do?
1: But later, he... We do find out he got in an the water, and he does say, "Like uh, I am gonna take care of you," and he did take care of her. Um,
0: yeah, specifically, she was like, "Thank you for getting me water," and he's like, "That's what husbands do." Yeah, and there is this moment where he sort of smiles to himself because you can tell he said that kind of affectionately, but she gets this look on her face that's very hard to read.
1: Jin is such a fascinating character I love because, him. <laughs> it, but you don't you. Some no, of them at, now.
0: at this point, no. Again, his development was one of the greatest sort of switcheroos this show ever
1: put. And, and once we get to the Sunjin flashback, oh. we'll really get into oh, to the change so that this character's it's gonna made. Be so good, but everyone's like, "We need water," and of course, John Locke is like, "I'll go get water. I know where to look.
0: <laughs> I brought y'all a pig, didn't I?" <laughs>
1: He goes off in the jungle, and thank God he did, because he was there to save Jack. To when save Jack, Matthew
0: Fox's stunt double, yes. Yes, when he was <laughs> hanging. He
1: was really dangling off that cliff. Too. Yeah,
0: that was very precarious.
1: Um, meanwhile, back at camp, Sawyer is, of course, being accused again.
0: Good red herring, I will say. Good red herring.
1: Well, they really do throw us, because... Jin's like, Jin has water that he's giving the son. And they're like, oh, the Koreans, I think Hurley calls them Chinese. Uh, the yeah. Chinese have this water. And Saeed and Kate go confront them. Mm-hmm. And they basically, not without speaking English, point to soil like, we got it from him.
0: I love Jin and Saeed in this moment because it's very. Very, uh, as Sawyer puts it later on Caveman, you know, it's very, um, I am the dominant male in this scenario. Like, I'm not, like, both of them are like, I'm not backing down right now. You're basically threatening my wife. And to, to his credit, Saeed was kind of interrogating her. And as we find out later, that's something he's real good at. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of funny watching this again, knowing what we know about Saeed and seeing him demand information from someone. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. And
1: also knowing what we know in the future that we find out that Sun can speak English.
0: Exactly. So, again, there's so much subtext in this scene that goes unspoken that later on has so much good payoff. But well they done, don't show.
1: They don't go confront Sawyer they wait and follow him to his stash and he's got quite a stash but what he doesn't have is the water he did not steal the water and I honestly even at this point in the show five episodes in even though Sawyer's been painted as like this kind of almost villainous con man I don't think he would keep water from a pregnant lady and I think we've gotten enough moments of 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 light and goodness from him, and regret, already. yeah, and
0: like like when when he ended up, you know, shooting the marshal, and that was that went so south. Like you can see how deeply that affected him emotionally in that moment, and then even with um, even with Claire, you know, nobody asked him to, but he handed her over a bunch of IDs. Yeah, um, nobody asked him to; he just did it, and. Because he felt like, why not? And so, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he would withhold water from a, the that same pregnant lady um, that he just did that nice gesture for. I don't think he would do that unless he would die as a result. Like, yeah. immediately.
1: So, what ends up happening is Locke pulls Jack up and they have this great talk. The first of many talks they'll have really, in this series. About faith. About yeah. faith and the nature of the island, where Jack reiterates something that we already realize. I mean, it's a little heavy-handed at this point, that he's afraid he will fail if he's a leader. Because even Locke's like, you're the leader. And Jack's like, what if I fail? And Locke really pushes him on the idea that this island is special. And he says, I've looked into the eye Of the island, and it's beautiful, which, again, as we talked about last week, when he did look into the eye of the island, is a little heartbreaking, because maybe the eye of this island is beautiful, but what happens to Locke is not.
0: Well, and again, we don't know if he looked into the actual heart of this island, or if this is literally just the man in black seducing him, and getting him to... Yeah, we know this island is capable of great, amazing, incredible things. But again, it's how that power is used. And the man in black uses it for nefarious purposes. And I, I definitely 100% feel like if he's not manipulating Locke from the get-go, then Jacob's screening process is really stupid. Hmm,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: You dingus.
1: <laughs> so what ends up happening is Locke kind of goes his way. Jack goes his way. And Jack stumbles upon, because he was led to this point by his father, basically. He stumbles upon like a spring, a natural spring on the island. And uh and also. I, well, in this thing, he also finds the coffin. Mm-hmm. That his father was in, but guess who's not in the coffin anymore? His father.
0: So my question is: Did then Chrissy never actually put the body on the plane? Oh no, she
1: put the but the body was on the plane.
0: I don't know, Who man. puts an empty
1: coffin. The co- they put the coffin on the plane. Well,
0: yeah. Maybe they lied to him, so he no, would stop making a scene. This is some... was that body ever? It's something that's never actually explicitly explained. Had, the body either fell out when the plane crashed, or it was never actually put onto the plane in the first place. Either way, Jack gets no closure.
1: The body was taken by the island by Jacob.
0: Like I said, his screening process is stupid.
1: I mean, the idea that Chrissy didn't put the body on the plane, this is the... Uh, isn't
0: that something that a, you know, a bureaucratic red know. tape... This isn't that is something a, shitty that an airline would do, This is a Bill? real
1: conspiracy. This is the jet fuel doesn't burn steel beams I of don't think, I,
0: I was going to say, I feel like that's a very different conversation. I just feel like I wouldn't put it past the airline... To not actually have put the body on the plane. This is the, like, airlines destroy guitars. No. Okay. They lost me, my luggage when I came me, back from Japan. Let me, let me. There's no way I trust them to move a body, especially me, if they were, like, being really stubborn about it. <laughs> here's
1: the whole argument against that theory it takes away anything magical the series is trying to do.
0: Well, at this point, it's still ambiguous. Yeah, we know the smoke monster thing. You could still technically hand wave. Um, what happened to Locke? I
1: mean, my thought would be that the actual corpse is now walking around.
0: I mean, that's another thought. That was something that when I when I was first watching the series, I was like, "So is he alive? Locke got his legs back. Maybe this island bring could bring people, bring people, people back, back, from, the back from the dead." Which, as we find out, isn't one hundred percent inaccurate.
1: Um, also, in the sequence when Jack is walking through the by the caves through the spring. I believe it is the first time we hear what I think is one of the all-time great pieces of music on television or movies where we start hearing like the more like the uh, the lost theme that becomes very familiar and very integral to a lot of the real emotional moments of the series that dun 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 dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> I, I did a terrible <laughs> job, of it. but you know, you know, you know the music I'm talking about. I actually about. don't. Bum, bum, bum,
0: I'll become bum, more bum, familiar bum, bum, with bum, it as we bum, as we continue bum. to rewatch. It's like
1: kind of the music that the series ends on, and no wonder you know it. And <laughs> it's, it's the beautiful Michael Giacchino score, and I think it's the first sure. time we we hear it, and it's not quite. The version it becomes it, it becomes later
0: they're still workshopping it yeah but it's
1: and i realized oh shit this is the first time we're hearing this and that is music that i love and it, i get very emotional about so i love hearing it we
0: all have those songs that hit us right in the heart
1: um so jack has found water <laughs> yeah he's a goddamn hero and a leader
0: and he has what it takes <laughs> but
1: claire is going in and out of consciousness claire's having a lot of problems But this also gives her and Charlie time to bond. Like, really bond for the first time. She has them laughing. Um, You know, they talk about uh, how Locke's out there with his 400 knives.
0: I I can only keep 300 tops.
1: Um, (laughs) So, yeah, they have this really nice moment. And Claire talks about how he's the only one who like will look her in the eye that she's
0: talks to her like a person yeah Yeah.
1: that she's basically oh everyone looks at her almost like oh this is gonna be a problem ticking time bomb yeah yeah. ticking time bomb and
0: she's not wrong she's not
1: wrong but i mean she's a problem right at this moment but charlie does look at her uh differently um yeah and it's a really sweet moment that
0: it's beautiful Everything about it is great and wonderful, and I have nothing mean to say about it.
1: When I hear something, I have something mean to say about it. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Uh, So Claire really needs water, and all of a sudden someone's giving her water. Who is it?
0: Uh, It's Boone. uh, This fucking idiot.
1: For some... Okay, here's my big problem with this episode. Boone stole the water. Yeah. Why did he steal the water? I am so confused.
0: He did it because Jack ran off, and, and I he, guess he put two and two together that that was all the water we had left. He's
1: like, I'll hold on to this, but what was the? G-
0: I'm gonna be a leader. I'll step up.
1: But what was the game plan? When was he gonna start rationing it out? Here's, what I don't understand. Here's
0: the thing. Well, he didn't have a plan. It was the same thing with Joanne. He saw somebody in trouble, leaped into action. Didn't actually think about what the actual game plan was until he was in the water. And by that point, he was already drowning in the riptide.
1: Now, lucky for Boone, once this thing like this asshole stole out of the water, suddenly it's a moot point. Because Jack returns. And we never, there's never an actual explanation. Like We never get to hear Boone explain himself.
0: The, the most we get is him frantically yelling that somebody had to step up and that everything got out of hand. Like, he said he, he felt like he couldn't come forward after Claire collapsed because then, like he's like it got completely out of hand so what he did is he took the water probably planned on rationing it out or making an announcement that the water needed to be rationed um and then claire collapsed and he went oh crap crisis mode if i come forward everybody's gonna like instead of looking at me like i'm the leader who made this very rational choice everyone's gonna accuse me of being the guy who's keeping the water from the pregnant lady
1: You don't want to be the guy who keeps the water from the program.
0: No, and even Sawyer points it out, like, congratulations, you are now the worst person on this island.
1: (laughs) So what happens is uh, Jack shows up, right? He's about to crucify Boone, basically, and he speaks up for Boone, and he takes the role as leader. It's the first time, you know, we've seen him in a leadership position, but it's the first time where he's truly taking the role as leader, and he gives another great speech, and he says another phrase that becomes extremely important to the series. Live together. If we don't live together, we'll die alone. And live together, die alone. This is an episode title later. This is, a, this is kind of one of the many mantras that Lost has, and this is the first time we hear it. But he's also 100% right. That they need each other. And this is a theme that goes on right to the last scene of the series. That these people need each other. And they all died alone. No, no, they did not.
0: Locke died alone. (laughs) I Um, guess Boone had someone there. (laughs) Most of them all died alone. (laughs) So Post-Island life.
1: So, yeah. Yes, post-Island life. (laughs) But um, it's this great uh, moment in this theme that's very important for the series.
0: I will say, yeah. And in, in this moment, it's good. And maybe I'll feel differently about that later. But in this moment, it's it was the right thing to say.
1: So, what's your big pro? What's your Jacob of the episode? Can I'm trying not to make call this it, happen. <laughs> until you until you come up with something better. I'm calling it a Jacob.
0: Absolutely. The um, one, the, the moment where Sawyer hands Kate the the Marshall badge and says she's the new sheriff in town. Again, I, I really want to see the AU where they stuck with her being the protagonist because I feel like that's a better world. Ever since uh, I
1: told you that factoid, you're obsessed with I it. I
0: am because it's going to really bother me when we really dig into the love triangle stuff. And, and like the writers don't know what to do with Kate anymore. It's going to hurt me real bad, Will. <laughs> um, I almost, yeah, in, in many ways, I almost wish I didn't know that. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But the the real wonderful part of this episode is, as I said, this encapsula- encapsulates everything that's both good and bad about Jack as our main character. And I don't mean that in like a character flaw sort of way. I mean that in a, an annoying to watch sort of way. The bits where Jack is good, they're fantastic. That, that that one scene of him in the airport is some of the best acting I've ever seen. And it's some of the most emotional stuff I'll ever see in this show. And it's one of the things I've remembered over the years. I haven't watched this show in years. This was a scene you that, that stuck with me yeah. from the very beginning moment i saw it
1: i it's that's another thing that that scene stuck with me like i always remember him asking like for a favor please. He's like, please Do please i me this
0: need photo. you to do this for me it uh, was it was so well done and all i have to say is bravo matthew fox bravo my uh
1: my favorite moment probably is with him and lock uh, especially in retro it probably wasn't the first time i watched this episode but in retrospect uh, knowing these two or kind of become at best frenemies, Um yeah. where Before that relationship the animosity goes. starts, and I'm a sucker for anything lock anyway. So, um, my negative, my man in black, if you will. It is, uh, certainly. I think this Boone thing is stupid.
0: So stupid, right?
1: It's really stupid. God,
0: I. I'm not going to be sad when you die, Boone. (laughs) It's like. like, I'll be sad when you die. Here's the thing.
1: They they just needed another beat or two for him to explain himself. And maybe I would have been a little like, "Eh, I see what you're trying to do there, buddy. And I know what he was trying to do. But because he never explains himself. But by the end of the episode, they're all like, well, Jack said we should let him go. Like they're all. (laughs) Well, I
0: guess Jack said so. It's like the the writers went out of their way to make Boone and Shannon in these early episodes as infuriatingly awful and annoying as possible. I don't remember being as annoyed with them when I was younger watching this show. I I was annoyed by Shannon because I I thought she was a little too vapid. But um, yeah, but again, they were if they had been setting it up as a meaningful character arc that bothered to go anywhere um, with Boone. I know he gets more development later, but like I, I really remember thinking Shannon was really grating when I was younger. But looking back on it and as we were we are revisiting it, I'm like, no, Boone was just as bad, if not worse in a lot of ways, because at least Shannon isn't actively like making things worse. She's complaining, but she's not actively sabotaging the rest of the camp. Yeah.
1: Um, was that also your big negative takeaway? I,
0: I would have to say so. It was the one bit in this episode where I wanted to.
1: It doesn't quite connect. It doesn't quite work. Yeah.
0: I, I will say, though, it was surprising that he was the one, um, you know, they. they.
1: Well, I had forgotten. Yeah. I had forgotten that I he was, like, was the one. That oh, was I was like, oh, who was the
0: one that did it? Yeah. Um, and for a moment, I was like, was it Sawyer? I don't remember. Um, and so, yeah, I had forgotten. So they did a good job of, like, surprising you with who it was. But it's still, it's still kind of infuriating what his rationale was and how, how it was executed.
1: So uh, is there anything else you want to add from this episode? I think we pretty much covered everything.
0: Just that again. Uh, this is again when the show is still doing uh, what it does well, exceedingly well. A glory the
1: glory days.
0: And like I said when when you can get my my roommate who does not care about Lost in any capacity when you can stop her dead in her tracks and make her watch a scene play out because of how well it's uh, how well it's shot how well it's acted, um, and yeah, just overall how well the scene plays out, you know you have done something right. And this show, for a long time, did a lot of things right.
1: There you go. I would agree. I would say it did it to the end. And on that note, um, Megan, where can the people find you?
0: Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheManguin, that's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter at <sighs> the real will link and you can follow us on twitter at uh
0: no love lost no pod. love
1: lost pod i knew that and yet i still <laughs> tried to read it um because if i'm not reading it it's not real <laughs> um at no love lost pod please follow us there um yeah i can't wait to delve into next week's episode i didn't look ahead i'm not sure i remember who it's about
0: i don't either i oh. hope I hope, uh, I hope we're getting to Sun uh, and Jin soon.
1: We're going to get to them soon. I know,
0: I want it though. It's also
1: going to be crazy that we're going to get a Boon flashback episode at a certain point.
0: Because I feel like Michael's coming up probably, right?
1: I guess they're all coming up.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: And then we're going to have a disproportionate amount of Jack episodes.
0: Well, he at this point, he's the only character that's basically gotten two episodes.
1: Yeah, it's hard how to define those first flashbacks because they were all about the... Um, the crash. The crash. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to No Love Lost on the podcast Jukebox Network.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. And if you guys liked the show that we put on, you might like some of the other shows put on by this lovely network
1: um off the cuffs which is a kink and bdsm podcast which is very popular um being there will sean podcast will he uh he does (laughs) uh
0: you would know
1: drinks with god and proud to be kinky
0: Yeah, so we want to give a big thank you to this network for for supporting us, for giving us a platform to talk about Lost On. So, guys, it would really mean a lot if you would show uh, these other podcasts some love.
1: Yeah, go back, give them a listen. If you like us, you might like them. We're on the same network. Only makes sense. Go listen to them. Give them all five stars.
0: Do that, and then also give us five stars.
1: Yeah, we could use it. (laughs)